2 Corinthians 5, 7 and Joshua 1, 8 and 9 are the keys what we're going to be talking about here today because, uh, like I said, the Bible is a timeless truth. From Genesis to Revelation, it is a timeless truth, truths of God's Word. And what He says, what God's Word says is true, right? And this is what we need to understand. It says, we live by faith and not by sight. And part of what we need to understand is that I can become disillusioned with life when things don't go the way I thought they should. Anybody had plans not go the way they thought they should? You know, uh, anybody been disappointed in life? Things just didn't, it just, everything just seemed to implode or explode all kind of ways. And we, the Bible tells us that we are lived by faith and not by sight. And you see, you may have had plans and ideas for your life, and maybe it hasn't happened that way. You may have had plans and ideas for your spouse, and maybe they left you. Maybe the relationship broke up, all these things. Maybe your children, you had these plans, and they didn't take the way you wanted them to go, or you had envisioned in your mind. And sometimes these things, these things we go through in life, in, in relationships, can cause us to walk away from God. You know, uh, I'll ask for a show of hands. I wasn't going to. How many of you in here know someone who used to attend church very regularly and now they don't at all? They've kind of walked away. Right? We, we all basically do. And one, one of the reasons why, uh, there's several reasons why. You know, one reason is uh, when God answers their prayer, they're only seeking God for God to do something for them. And when God does it, they don't need him no more. But sometimes what we're going to be looking at today, that sometimes life has catastrophic events. And we just, it just destroys us. That life didn't happen the way we wanted to. Our preconceived notion of what was going to happen did not happen the way we planned and before you know it, you could be drifting away from the Lord. See, that's why we are to live by faith and not by sight. Because sometimes what we see in our life is not what is intended to be. So we always have to go, this is the importance of God's word. This is the only thing I can hold on to. This is truth. It doesn't matter what I see. This is true. You know, sometimes people always say, oh, I just need a word from God. Then open his word. That's the last thing people do. They, you know, it's, it's, this isn't for just to bring on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning. You need God's word in you each and every day, and you need to hang on to his word. And we're going to see the importance of this a little later this morning. So let's uh, look at the second verse, okay? First is we live by faith, not by sight. Second is uh, Joshua 1, 8 and 9, which we use for our offering this morning. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. What that means, always, 24-7. 
24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You need to keep God's word going in your mind. That's why the Bible says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Because the second we begin to believe the lie, you start on a downward path. Now, it says, uh, meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And notice what verse 9 says. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Let's go back and think about everything he's telling you. Have I not commanded you? And then he's, all these things he's describing of what you're seeing and facing in this world. He's saying, what you see in this world, he says, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. Because things in this world could terrify you. Things in this world happen that discourage you. But he says, don't focus on that. Focus on the Lord because I am going to be with you wherever you go. Whether you feel me, see me, or not. Even though I make my bed in the pits of hell, there are you with me. We have to remember that. So let's get to our, our main text here. In Luke chapter 24, I'm actually going to read verses 6 through 11 for you. I didn't have room to fit it on your paper. And... Just so you know, your eyes aren't starting to... The later we go in service, your eyes aren't getting that worse because <laughs> the font's going to get a little smaller. I had to shrink the font to get it on the paper. I didn't want to leave it all uh, there <coughs> on the back. So uh, toward the end, I'm going to see more and more people put in on their glasses. <laughs> but notice what it says. This is after the resurrection. Jesus had uh, been betrayed, hung on the cross, and this is uh, all his disciples were down in the dumps. Okay, they were down in the dumps. And I want you to understand that all Jesus' disciples didn't grasp what the word said. The word was clear through all the prophets and everything that he would be betrayed, he would be killed, and on the, he would ra be raised to life again. But they, they had their own idea. The Jewish people had their own idea of what the Messiah would do. You know? And their own preconceived conceptions of what was going to happen. And they had thought Jesus was the one until he was crucified. Although the word was telling them this is exactly what's going to happen. What they seen and what they experienced in that week toward the end. Now, they had been with him for three years. Seen miracle after miracle. And they all became depressed. And no notice what it says here. And Now, this is... a. He was in the tomb uh, earlier, and some women went there to, to uh, do a few things. And verse 6 says this. Uh, two men who, who was uh, dressed in white like lightning, says, uh, possibly angels, says, He is not here. He has risen. They went to Jesus' tomb. They found the, tomb, the stone rolled away. And that, notice what they said. Remember how he told you? while he was still with you. Now notice what they're doing. Here's the first account. 
Instead of Jesus just being there himself saying, look, it's me. You see me. So now you're going to believe because you're living by sight and not by faith. I want you to notice today the whole theme is pointing back to the word about Jesus' resurrection. He says, remember how you told me, uh, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. They came back from the tomb. Uh, they told all the things that the, to the eleven. Now it's eleven because Judas had uh, uh, betrayed Jesus and went off out on his own. He says, uh, told the eleven and all the others, all the other followers. It was the eleven and other followers. He said it was Mary Magdalene, uh, Joanna, Mary, mother of Jesus, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But look at verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. They come back. They said, two angels told us he's alive. They're believing. These women are believing, but no one else is. And the angel told them, remember what he said? But all the other ones that heard it, except Peter as he runs to uh, from there, says it seems like nonsense. In other words, it don't make sense what you're telling us. Now, I want you to understand, you may be going through something in life right now, and God's word does not make sense from what you're going through, from what you see, what you're experiencing. But we aren't to live by what we experience. We aren't to live by what we see. We are to live by the word of God, having faith in the word of God, even when God's word does not make sense. And like we were just saying a while ago, I don't feel like a victor. I feel like a victim right now. Even when God's word doesn't make sense, you're still a victor. Amen? So notice what it says. This is uh, a thought of leaving the fellowship. Uh, Luke 24, 13 through 11. Now, these were two men who had been with Jesus, following Jesus, and they were even there when these women came back and said he's alive. That, that you know, what had happened, the tomb was empty and all this, and it says, became nonsense. And notice what it goes on to say. Now the same, uh, this will be on your papers. Now the same day, okay, the same day this took place, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now remember, they left the group of believers. Their whole life was shattered. They, they had been following this Jesus and put their trust and hope in what was going to happen, their preconceived notion of how this was going to play out. They hear the women say it was empty, the tomb's empty. And they say, yeah, but still, I know what I saw Friday. I know I've seen him on that cross. I've seen how beat he was. I've seen them put him to the tomb. It's over. I've seen it. It's over. 
starting to get the picture here. And there they are, walking away. They left the other believers, started to be separated. I call it kicking the can. Going down and kicking the can down the road. Just their whole world was shattered. It says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they, verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But notice what verse uh, 16 says, but they were kept from recognizing him. God did not let them recognize who Jesus was. Again, why? Because he wants us to live by faith and not by sight. If he would have just showed up as Jesus and God allowed them to recognize who he was, guess what they would have done? We believe because we see. Think about that. We believe because we see. And that's where we fall into trouble. We live by faith, not by sight. So they're discussing this thing, and then uh, verse 16 again, but they were kept from recognizing. Verse uh, 17 says, he asked them, Jesus asked, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Don't you think Jesus knew? Let's go back to what I said earlier. Why would he ask him this? If he already knew. Because Jesus wants to hear it from you. You know, Jesus already knows the answers. But sometimes we, we don't know ourselves. He says, what are you discussing? And no, notice what they said. Uh, they, they, stu- they stood still and their faces, what? Downcast. What they thought was going to happen in life did not. They thought Jesus was going to be ruler right now, right then, and overthrow everything and be thing, but it did not happen. What they put their trust in had the total opposite of what they pictured in their mind. But how many of you know he needed to go to the cross? Their faces still downcast. Again, they're walking away. Because their life fell apart. Everything they put their hope in, their trust in, just fell apart in their eyes. And their preconceived notions. One of them named Cleophas, if you're looking for a name for one of your children, Cleophas, that's a good name. Asked him. Now notice what he says. Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that happened there in these days? Don't you, it's like, hey, wake up, dude. Where have you been? That you don't know. You know what that tells us? That apparently everyone in Jerusalem was aware of what happened. And that's what they're saying. Don't you know? And Jesus says, what things? Let me stop here for a second. What things? Didn't he already know? 
I want you to understand what's going on. These two young men were, their world was shattered. Jesus was in their presence, but they did not even know. Jesus knew exactly what was going on in their life before they even told him. And I want you to understand, I don't care what you're feeling right now, God is with you. You may not feel his presence, see his presence, but he's with you. He already knows what you're going through. It's not that he doesn't know what you're going through, but you know what he wants you to do? Is tell him. The Bible says about prayer, we have not because we what? Ask not. God is only going to intervene where you invite him to intervene. He said, what things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth? They replied, and they replied, about Jesus of Nazareth. And notice what they say. He was a prophet. Now they say, powerful in word and deed. Before God and all people, they, they seen all these mighty works. But verse 20 says, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. Now the next four words are the saddest words you could ever see. But we had hoped. You hear that? We had hoped. What we used to believe, we don't believe anymore. What we used to believe was going to happen, our eyes seen something different that made us lose our hope. We experienced something. We lived through something these past few days that made us lose hope in what we had hoped in. Listen, when something happens in your life and shakes your very core, we got to do what Jesus is about to do to them, is bring them back to his word, back to the truth, back to where everything lies. Because we live by faith and not by sight. So notice what it, what it goes on here. He says, but we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. How many of you know he did? <laughs> he redeemed us all. Amen, but they couldn't see that. He says, and what's more, it is the third day since all this took place. I remember reading in the beginning, in the scripture, when they said, uh, was talking to the women, he said, and on the third day, he will rise again. The women came back and said, it's the third day, he's, he's risen. Oh no, what we've seen is overriding what the scripture says in their life. Another thing also, uh, in, in that custom, Jewish custom, some people believe that actually when a person would die, that the spirit would stay for up to three days around the body in case, you know, how somebody passes away and their heart starts beating again, that the spirit could re-enter the body if he comes to life. But after three days, it was over. And so the third day passed, and there, well, that's it. The little bit of hope we had that we stayed around for three days did not happen. It's time to go back. It's time to go back to the life we used to know. 
and they separate themselves from the believers. They're going back. And, and that's what we're talking about here today. That sometimes we could go through things and our, our whole life gets shook to the core. And instead of running to God, we end up going away from Him. Right? Think about Adam and Eve. They sinned. They brought shame in their life. And instead of going to God, what they did, they ran away. Then it says again, and what, what's more is the third day since all this took place. Their preconceived notion of how everything was going to go had just blown up. But I want to talk about the power of the word right here. I, I titled this next section, The Power of the Word. Again, Jesus did not reveal himself that he could be seen in the, again. Oh, now we see it's you. Notice what he does. He directs them to Scripture to bring the truths of God to them. See, when we don't see Him in our life, when we don't feel His presence, we always have the Scripture that is true in life. And that's when you got nothing else to hold on to, you got to hold on to this. Jesus says to them, How foolish are you? And how slow of heart to believe. He says, all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And he's starting to remind them of, of different scripture uh, in the Old Testament. And, and verse 27 says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them. He was t telling them about what the scripture was saying that uh, than what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. It's here. Your answer is in here. Verse 28 says, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. Now, he still hadn't revealed himself to them. And he, he explains them the things. They're still walking away. And he begins explaining to them in the scriptures. And Jesus says, well, guys, I'm going to see you all later. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went and stayed with them. Let, let me t tell you this. Jesus was not staying unless he was invited. You hear me? Jesus only goes where he's invited to go. And if they would not encourage and invited him to go, I think he would have went his way. But they encouraged, they invited him to go. And, and I, I just wrote down uh, Revelations 3, 3.20 with this thing is where Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't say I stand at the door and I'm getting ready to break it down. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, they just heard his voice. He was speaking to them, speaking through the word, the word, and opens the door. I will come in and eat with them, and he with me. Meaning fellowship will be restored. So let's jump to verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he went along with them, he took bread 
Doesn't this sound a, a little bit like in the Passover meal, what was going on? Talking about with the cross, gave thanks and broke the bread and, and began to give it to them. Then notes what happens. Verse 31, then their eyes opened. Their eyes were never opened till he broke the bread and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. <laughs> Here's the cool part. <laughs> and he disappeared from their sight. <laughs> right? So he's with them the whole day, trying to direct them back to God's word and the importance of scripture to hold your life together, that you don't live by sight. And finally, when he has fellowship with them, their eyes are open and he poof, disappears. Where he went? <laughs> what happened? And I'm sure one of them said, can I have his bread? <laughs> Verse 31 says, Then their eyes were opened and they, they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Then they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? See, Jesus was instilling in them, stay in that word. Stay in my word, hang on to my promises. Don't live by what you see. So what immediately happens? They go back to the fellowship of believers. Luke 24, 33 through 35 says, They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and they're saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on, on the way and how Jesus recognized them when he, and how, how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Then we see Jesus appearing to the believers all. Notice that, he hadn't appeared to the other believers. He only had appeared to those two. But once all the believers were back together, where two or three are gathered in my midst, so am I. And he appears to them right here. Luke 24, 36 through 53. While they were still talking about this, and what they're doing was proclaiming he's alive. I've come to, that's what those two guys, when we were singing the song, I've come to tell you he's alive. I was just picturing in my mind those two guys coming back. We're here to tell you he is alive. What sounded like foolishness earlier to us is, is not foolishness because his word says that he would be raised on the third day. And guess what? He's alive. We've seen him. While they were still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I love that. He always brings peace to any situation. But watch what happens. They were startled and frightened. And frightened. Thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? In other words, didn't Scripture say I'd be risen? Because why did doubts come in your mind? Why did you doubt the words that are written, the words that I've spoken? Verse 39, 
He says, look at my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. Now, how many of you, this is going to become your favorite portion of scripture. Do you have anything to eat? <laughs> right? <laughs> but he, he was showing them that I'm not a ghost. Okay, good, okay. So, so <laughs> he says, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he again brings them back to the word. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written uh, about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he continued, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And, and this is one of the scriptures that the reason I pray every time before we study and be, before I study word and before I preach for God to touch our minds. For that, that we, our minds would be open to receive, our eyes would, could see the truths, our ears could hear the truths. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, and I want you to understand, you understand the scriptures. See, they hadn't understand that, but we do. If you're a born-again believer, you understand that he, he has died and risen again. He says, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And he says, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father had promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And he says, when, we, when he had led them out into the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and bless them. As I was reading that this morning, I was thinking about, you know, was the last thing Jesus was doing as he was taking them up to heaven? He was blessing his followers. How can someone say that God doesn't want you blessed when his very last act as he was taken up to heaven was blessing he said this, when, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They stayed continually praising God. And that's why we come back to the house of God, to praise him as a group of believers. But if, if you're not careful, you'll let the enemy take you out of the group of believers where you'll be destroyed. God wants you to be involved with the believers, to be in his house, to worship together. Where we can encourage each other. When, when, when our eyes are blind to the mess we're facing in life, that someone could bring us back to the scriptures. And say, I, I, know, I know it looks horrible, but this is what God's word says. This is the truth. This is what we have to believe. So let's stand to our feet as we just close right now. If you've never 
accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, whether you're in here or watching online. I just want to give you that opportunity here today. I just ask everyone just to say this prayer with me today. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe that he's alive, that he rose three days later and is seated at your right hand side. I accept the forgiveness and invite Jesus into my life to be Lord of my life and Savior of my life from this day forward. And from this day forward, no longer will I believe the lies of the enemy. No longer will my life be controlled by the situations I'm in. But I will walk in accordance with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you.